This episode of the Nordic Surfers Magazine Conversations Podcast is brought to you by Kona Brewing and their new Hanalei Session IPA. This particular beverage has a little story behind it that Kona Brewing would like me to share with you, dear listeners. It will come in handy next time you're socialising and want to sound smart and worldly. So, in the early 1920s on the islands of Hawaii, there was a drink called P.O.G. P.O.G. stands for passion fruit, orange and guava, and it was one hell of a popular drink back then. But POG wasn't only a delicious way to quench one's thirst, it was actually so much more. It was a game, too. How is a fruity blend of Hawaiian vitamins and minerals a game, you ask? Well, people would remove the paper from the caps of the bottle that the POG was sold in, and they would uh, play the game, which would later become known as Pogs. So this was the game that in the early 90s conquered the world, and many of you know well today. So, in honour and as a tribute to this story, the people at Kona Brewing came up with the Hanalei Session IPA, brewed with, you guessed it, passion fruit, orange and guava. POG is back. If you want to try this fruity ale, it's of course available in your local beer shop. Now let's get on with the podcast. Hey. Okay, so we are here with the Nordic Surfers Magazine Conversations podcast and Luckily, Dylan Graves and I have managed to get a Skype date together. Um, we were joking about it that we, we managed to connect on Skype. We've been trying for a while now. So, welcome to the podcast, Dylan. Yes, we've done it. We we've are here. It. It, we are on Skype. We are modern men. <laughs> well, let's. Um, we're modern men, but I think we can both probably say ourselves that we're weird men. And one of the things I want to talk to you today about is your your journey you've been on lately into the weird and wonderful world of um, weird waves. What, what's that yeah. all about? How did it start? Yeah, so, I mean, it was, it, it sort of, the idea was was birthed based on the fact of just surfing novelty waves, you know, mm-hmm. that was a passion of mine and a lot of my friends and, and fellow uh, people at Vans, just employees at Vans, we'd always go in and just, you know, we'd either be looking at videos on YouTube or, you know, whatever it was of, of just sort of, I guess, oddball waves. Uh-huh. And it was just like, it seemed to be a common theme with, uh, with most surfers that you would, you know, whenever you would like talk to, whether it was your friends or someone you just met, it, it, it always seemed to be a topic that came up and something that I've always enjoyed surfing maybe it was just me that kind of brought the that topic up in most of my conversations because that's what I love and then love to talk about so I mean that was kind of the origin of the idea um you know growing up in Puerto Rico surfing the different waves that the island has to offer there's a lot of just wedges slabs kind of different odd waves and I felt like my surfing progressed because of that so mm-hmm. whenever I was traveling or got the opportunity to go somewhere else I would always kind of try to sniff out somewhere different than just the beach break or see you know just talk to people about it it was a cool way for me to connect with people in other places in my travels and then yeah ultimately it led to the idea um, to, to do a show based around it and just the, you know, the people you meet along the way during that journey or the process of trying to find some sort of different, you know, different wave. And, uh, yeah, uh, last year, um, Vans kind of was super hyped on, on the idea and, and, uh, you know, we, we had definitely sharpened our pencils with, what the idea was and how we were going to do it. So yeah, it kind of took a few years, but we, 
we finally got on with it and got the opportunity to, to present the, you know, the series in the, in the way that we wanted to. With that series, I mean, it's super interesting. So literally it was a two year development from kind of um, idea into budget and now let's go do it. Yeah, it was actually, it was more, it was, it was like seven or eight years really wow. from like the initial idea to, to it happening. We actually, we shot, um, two episodes in 2014. Uh, uh-huh. we went to Jackson Hole, Wyoming yeah, and Porter Ranzas, Texas. Uh, there was a standing wave in, in Wyoming, <clears throat> like a standing river wave called lunch counter. Mm-hmm. And then we went and uh, surfed there was tanker waves so tankers would go in and out of this port in port aransas and they would make a wave so we went and surfed those and we did two i guess you could call them like pilots because mm-hmm. at the time of vans's youtube it wasn't really something they were trying to develop and um you know i guess just the timing of it seemed a little off and our idea you know maybe wasn't as developed as it is now so that kind of was the initial spark of like, whoa, it feels like we got something special here. And, you know, we kind of revisited the idea, kept talking about it. And then, yeah, last year, uh, 2018, we finally, so four years after the initial, like, two episodes, we got to uh, kind of present it in the way that we wanted to. And, and yeah, it was kind of good timing within the brand of Vans and, and everything. They were, they're really pumped to support the idea and, you know, kind of takes, they have a lot going on. So <laughs> it just took a while for us to get there. And, and, uh, yeah, we're really stoked at the opportunity to, to do so. It's really interesting. Cause you were saying they've got a lot on and, you know, as a brand, they, they do, you know, they do the triple crown, you know, like it's kind of a really mainstream, uh, you know, surf event. And then they've got weird waves, which is like this complete opposite to, um what what they do with all those big you know wsl competitions and whatnot i mean it within the company obviously this is a a thing that's been kind of built within vans um are more people like you or are more people interested in the wsl kind of more mainstream competitive angle how would you kind of divide the the vibe within within the company within vans yeah um in general you know um like everybody's surfers, skaters, snowboarders. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of why the idea got to where it was. I don't think, you know, there want to be many companies as like vans who would be open to having a conversation about something like weird waves. But I guess if you look at the triple crown, when they picked it up like 30 so years ago, um, that was probably a weird idea at the time that no one else was looking at, you know? So I think they're always kind of, I think they like seeing the development of surfing and I I wouldn't say that people aren't into WSL, but I think you're always kind of wanting something fresh and most people are just, you know, interested in what else is out there. So it was cool. It's been rad to ride for a company like Vans who sort of has that mentality and they're like, yeah, let's, you know, this, this sounds kind of off the wall, but you know, I guess that's our deal. <laughs> mm, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. That's their, that's their mindset. And it's rad, you know, to, to have that opportunity. I don't think many companies would have, uh, given me the, the shot to, to 
do something of this caliber and with an idea like weird wave so i my hat's off to them and can't thank them enough for giving me the opportunity to to go on these trips because they've been it's been a dream for me because it's sort of uh yeah it's like helped me not that i was ever like out of love with surfing but definitely it it feels like i'm learning surfing all over again because i'm going to these new waves that are completely different from what i'm used to in the ocean and i sort of yeah i have to kind of relearn how to how to you know use my skills that i know from the ocean and apply them to say a river wave exactly and i wanted to get onto that point i guess the on that question you broke up a little bit there just for the listener but at 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 the beginning there but it's all good the thing i was trying to ascertain was you're you're not the only weird guy in the building at vans like there is a culture there that kind of embraces these ideas for sure yeah i mean i don't know you you see i see steve van doren at most events uh doug paladini you know at most events i mean it's it's like they're all i don't know in other companies you i guess you rarely bump shoulders with sort of the big wigs in the brand and mm. they're just they're there into it like steve van doren is at events cooking up hot dogs or hamburgers or waffles or whatever it is and i mean just from that you know in that spirit you know i feel like vans is, is just really lighthearted, and they're they are truly a family they have that family vibe and even though it is a big brand now they still are able to maintain that which is a really special thing um you know and so yeah i guess their mindset is is really open um and yeah i think they just want to see these sports nurtured and that's what they've tried to do over the course of you know 50 60 years since 66 and you know from from skateboarding to surfing snowboarding they've always tried to help in in the development of those sports so um yeah, I guess Weird Waves is, is sort of the latest version of that within surf. So that's a huge honor, um, you know, just to to be able to to have been given that chance. And then, to, yeah, I guess to be working with a company as open minded as Vans to to allow for that to happen. Well, let's get on with the journey then. So where did you kick off? What was the first um, place you went to on the, the journey with Weird Waves? So <clears throat> the plan actually was to start in Bend, Oregon, mm-hmm. and then go up to Missoula, Montana, and sort of back. We were going to kind of hit more. The plan was to hit more river waves along the way. Mm-hmm. But two days before, we were going to embark on the stream tour portion of of our um, of the season. That's kind of what we were calling it, like going into it, because we were going to hit, you know, a handful of of river waves um so instead of the dream tour we kind of dubbed the it stream the stream tour, tour. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was our version of that so yeah but so two days before that we were gonna drive up in, in my van and, and start with that portion of our trip burton hathaway from up in uh, racine wisconsin called me freaking out he's like dude this is the trip. This is this what we've been waiting for. And I've been in touch with him for months. So he was, he was like, yeah, you know, you guys got to get up here. This is the one like, you know, sorry for the last minute, but that's, you know, I'm sort of used to that from other trips mm. in general. You always kind of, cause you want to make sure that, you know, with, well, with the reading charts now and having all that information available to you, it's like, yeah, why wouldn't you use it? So 
anyways, yeah, we went up there and uh, had really low expectations. You know, I'd spoken to people who had done trips and seen people score and people not score. So I was just kind of like, all right, let's, you know, fingers crossed and hope we we get waves. I'll just be stoked if we, you know, if, if if I'm able to surf in a lake because I've never done it before. So we showed up and the swell was massive. Actually got my ass kicked in mm. that very first session. So that was just like a real eye opener. Like, whoa, okay. Like not only am I surfing in a lake, but it's kicking my ass and it's actually, there's actually, you know, consequences. So that was, that was awesome. You know, even though it sucked plenty of swell, on tap and <laughs> that's like already exceeded expectations so um yeah and, and the whole trip just kind of kept delivering i guess uh each day seemed to get better and better um so how long were I you up there exactly where and where were you exactly for that first um step on the trip because this is the dude that was like the most stoked man on the planet right that's the guy you're yeah, talking about burton hathaway yeah, the most stoked man in the world for yeah sure. uh, <laughs> yeah he so this, we flew into Racine, Wisconsin, mm -hmm. and then we drove up eight hours to Duluth, Minnesota. So we didn't know, it, you know, it's, it's sort of like an hour by hour thing as like the, the cold front moves across the lakes. It sort of depends on how quickly it moves, how, and, and where exactly it moves across, like where, I guess, deciding where the waves are or understanding where the waves were going to be best. So he lived in Racine, Wisconsin, and he was thinking it might dip down and be the best there because um, Lake Superior was going to be too much. But we were we were kind of like, well, I don't if that's if there's too much swell, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, sure. That was kind of like our mindset. So we got there and 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 sort of made the decision together to to like drive up and then he had all his buddies they're like it's gonna be huge this is gonna be the one and you know we're really excited and we we got there and it definitely was was a lot uh a lot bigger and more powerful than i could have ever expected and then obviously the cold i knew it was going to be cold but still was shocked when i felt it for the first time it's like wow okay it's crazy, this huh? Is, this and look, is real cool. th this is an experience I think a lot of guys get in the in the Nordics here, you know, because we do rely on similar kind of weather. Um, you know, the Baltic is kind of like a big lake uh, in many ways. So, um, I mean, but you're saying that there was just so much more power than you experienced. Like, how? What would you relate it to in terms of um, any other places in the oceans that you've surfed? That kind of power that you experienced in that first trip. I mean, you know, I guess it's it's sort of like when a not first day of an upcoming swell anywhere where you just you have a lot of wind, you have a lot of waves. And I had never experienced anything quite like that because the period was so short. Yeah, that you would duck dive and, and you're duck diving a sizable wave. You know, it's not it's definitely overhead and got some, you know, some power behind it. And you pop up from that and there's another one already breaking on your head. So mm. I guess it's it's. I would say just storm surf, you know, like it, the first day of a, of a storm in the ocean, how you, it's just kind of relentless and, and doesn't really, um, offer much like opportunity to, to just kind of paddle straight out. You know, there's no lulls. It's mm. just like the 
crap constant crashing of waves and it's because you know it's coming from a storm it's storm surf basically did you feel like you i mean I, I don't know whether you're a guy that trains a lot for surfing or whether you just kind of go surfing and that's your main form of training but did you feel like you like you needed or should have maybe prepared more physically for this did you underestimate that that side of things um i mean i i kind of do like yoga and stuff um you know not nothing like crazy training i just try to surf a lot so i mm. felt pretty good like condition wise it was just i think the combo of the cold and the relentless period at that height um it's not something that i guess i really experience that much in the ocean because when it's like that in the ocean you're just kind of like oh, i'll wait for the mar tomorrow hmm. and you know that tomorrow's the waves are going to be up the conditions will be better and you can kind of like pick pick a better window so but in the lakes we didn't know you know if that was going to be our only surf because that happens there it can be a couple hours of surf it can be a day of surf if you're lucky so it was sort of there's like this urgency for us to get it while the getting was good because mm. there was swell in the water and tomorrow there's no guarantees for tomorrow as, as far as swell because the storm could just dissipate or move cool you know quicker than they forecasted and same same goes in the ocean but it's almost like it's more moody and and tricky in the lake for sure just less area for it to you know if, if there was sort of a quick movement of the storm that would affect it considerably exactly and and on this trip, um, you know, for those people who haven't watched that part of the series yet, I've watched it, so I've, I've, I kind of already know that you got some pretty sick-looking waves in there. Um, how much, you know, like with most video productions, um, it can be a bit of smoke and mirrors, but, like, so how much surfing did you actually do to get um, the content you needed to make that episode? Like, did you did you feel, was it all just, like, one surf and you just had to get it done or was it a few did you manage to get a few different sessions and, and get what you wanted yeah so each session was or each section of the of that episode was one session so the first um that first left we got obviously only got like two waves yeah um and you see that in in there that's that's one session mm. um same goes with the the sort of like more rippable section um you know and i i'd stayed out for two hours in that session okay and i was pretty much frozen when i came in and couldn't surf so it was it was really like one surf a day and we we're lucky that we got three days because it just took your core temperature down so much that you were you really only had enough to to kind of do one surf mm. <laughs> like a day maybe um you know, we did get two, uh, two sessions in, uh, what was it? The art last day or, you know, it's kind of blurring together, but then, mm. yeah, the, I mean the blizzard session, that was one surf as well because, um, because that, I mean, I just couldn't stay out. I, I wouldn't have wanted to go back out. <laughs> I, I was too cold you know, and it was, I think we were pretty lucky to, to get that. We got, I think close to an hour surf in between like whiteouts. So before yeah. we got there, we were kind of like, I don't know if we're, we'll even be able to surf on for that final section in in the episode. Yeah, um, we we got there, saw waves spitting, and then it kind of 
cleared up enough to where, you know, the, the like Dave and Jimmy, our, our camera crew were like, ah, it looks like we could probably pull this off. We should give it a go. So we suited up, went out there and kind of got an awesome window hmm. that ended that, um, that episode. So that was, that was kind of lucky really right when we got in we got out of our suits and it was wide out you couldn't see from the beach to where we were surfing just before yeah crazy crazy so um yeah i guess uh, so i guess the second section in that we had it was two sessions yeah so Mm. we really we had four sessions all up yeah right and so how long were you up in that part of um the u.s i mean and was it was this your first time heading up into this part of the u.s like into wisconsin and 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 yeah like was it kind of wacky um it was actually i've been to wisconsin twice before i have like uh some family that live up in wisconsin okay and um yeah we uh in the in fond du lac and and uh there we had like we've had like I don't know, family reunions up there and stuff. And, and, but this was my first time surfing. Um, I had heard you could surf and I'd seen the lake, but I'd never seen waves on the lake. So I was kind of always interested to go back and, and just try to surf it as sort of like a bucket list thing, you know, like, mm. that'd be cool to surf in a lake. <laughs> <laughs> um, with that kind of idea of the bucket list, um, it, is it something a lot of people who don't live in these environments, you know, it's not a bucket list thing. It's the kind of everyday list or it's the hope of every month right. to get that surf. But for, for a guy like yourself, exactly. you know, is it, is it like a once and done situation or would you, would you entertain going there again um, to enjoy waves? I, I would fully go back. Um, I, I'd like to experience it, uh, you know, at least once or a couple more times, uh, you know, living there, that is another sort of beast like dealing Mm. with that every day it was like it was cool for me to go and experience and i had an awesome time but you know that's a totally different story than living you know that's what you're kind of hoping for every surf but i know you know it it changes with the season so not every surf for them is like that um yeah but they are definitely my hats off to them as as far as you know that being your daily when when there is you know storm surf and and it's cold like that it's not really it's not very inviting at all to to put on your wetsuit and jump in the water there's actually like we were staying at a hotel in Duluth and we'd be unloading our surfboards and wet wetsuits and people were like you guys are going in the lake like that's crazy (laughs) (laughs) so it was like yeah I I don't know it's interesting it's it's been a really cool journey just going to these different places and and getting the experience surfing through like a different lens i guess yeah and with that kind of idea like obviously um it seemed obviously like this burton hathaway guy i I still can't even you'll never erase him from your memory you know like the his stoke is just outrageous and he was so much fun (laughs) to watch how excited he was like it was it was the best but um but so the surfers there, they're pretty amped or like, like they've got to be pretty keen to be into it. Um, but, but the, the other locals who live up there, they just think you're all completely nuts. Like were you kind of super weird to the, to the other, like the everyday people up there? Did you notice? I get, yeah, I think they were, you know, when, when we were, like I said, 
hotel, walking to our hotel rooms, other people staying there that I guess weren't locals because they were staying in hotel rooms, but they're tripping out that we were wanting to go into, you know, the water when mm. it was that cold outside. You know, people are bundled up. It's like, you know, driving conditions are really extreme and and very dangerous because it was really icy and you know it was a blizzard basically mm. is really windy and and um unruly so just being outside in general it, it there wasn't anybody really out and about it's not like people are really going for walks <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> you're trying you're just kind of weathering the storm so um yeah i guess we didn't really get many looks from from locals i guess and then at the beach it was like a full thriving scene people who went there to go surf it was they were loving it mm. how um how different Whatever happens this is great so yeah sorry you broke up a little bit there um i'll just see if it if the if the call brightens up can you hear me okay now yeah yeah i'm good that's um, okay yeah i can i can sorry i just broke up a little bit i'll just ask the question um with the like how would you describe that local surf scene um or how have you described it if you can get into some more detail about how you viewed those guys those surfers up there in lake superior just core lords (laughs) they're straight up like (laughs) you know the most core dudes because they're yeah i mean they're not just they're not just getting in and doing one session they're like you know they're they're getting it while they can because they know it's it's just a short window and who knows when the next storm is. I guess they do get in in rhythm of of uh, storms. And from what I gathered when I was there, it's it, it's more it's a lot more consistent than than I thought. You know, they're like, oh yeah, we're cer-, you know in, in the winter as long as it doesn't freeze over, which I, apparently I think right now Lake Superior is frozen. And just before we went there, the lake was frozen. So that happens. That's like a factor for them. Um, so there's not only, you know, is there like the sort of inconsistent um, factor of waves, you know, like there being swell and not swell. But then there's the ice factor in the winter where you just it's it's frozen. So there's nothing for waves to break on. That's nuts, um, isn't it? That's completely nuts. Yeah, because it's, well, it's fresh water as mm. well, so that, you know, it just, it freezes easier than salt, or I guess salt water doesn't freeze. No, I think you can try, water. but I think it'll start, take a while. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, there's ice chunks in the ocean, obviously, but I, I think it's because of, you know, just snow that's built up, you know, glaciers and all that. It's, I guess, I think that's, it's fresh water, if I'm not mistaken. But anyways, um yeah the the scene there is is definitely like these guys want it you know i think harder than than most any other local i've seen you know it sort of seemed like your everyday surfer was really spoiled compared to them are are you a guy who has that level of stoke all the time yourself or like are you a guy that has kind of had the ups and downs with surfing and and kind of lost a bit of the love from time to time there's definitely times where i like it more than others um you know i guess when when you're kind of in a slump of just waves it's not as exciting i guess but i still 
I don't know. I think it's just a, it's a part of me and it's something that I'll always do no matter what. Like my, I grew up uh, in a family of surfers. My mom and dad both surfed, have uncles um, that surf. And, you know, that's just what I've known my whole life. I've been at the beach. So it feels weird to me when I don't surf. Um, but there's, you know, I, when the waves aren't good, you're not, obviously as psyched as when the waves are good when the waves are firing it's sort of like i don't know it just feels right you're like yes okay cool the universe is rewarding me yes <laughs> like i'm back and you get one ride on a good wave and then you're you're i don't know it feels like you're on top of the world so i mean there are definite highs and lows but um i yeah i think there's just a deep connection which is, I think, being in the ocean for me, I just like that feeling. It just mm. feels like every time I come out of the ocean, I I feel better when when I do. So I I don't know. No, that's <laughs> cool. I was wondering because I think one of the things, I guess, the, the that was a bit of a leading question because you know witnessing just how core those guys were um, in Lake Superior and how kind of amped they were on you know what what could be described as maybe at most times, pretty average waves and pretty average conditions. Yet you see these people that are so, so like keen on, on surfing despite that. I was going to see if it affected um, how you, your perspective on surfing um, as a result of spending time with them. For sure. I mean, it, seeing them as stoked as they were with, you know, with the waves and the conditions and, and everything was sort of like, I don't know, normal way of appreciation (laughs) because Mm. they were so um you know what they had to do to go surf was so much harder than what your average surfer has to do from day to day especially in warm water when you don't have to put a suit on and you're just jumping in trunks and getting out there it's almost like i don't know it's it's the easiest thing and it's great you know just to go get wet it's like oh it's so easy let's just get out there and do it so having that perspective was cool and you know like i said is it's really inspiring to see those guys um as committed as they were for you know just for what it actually meant to to go surfing in those conditions i mean you really you really had to want it because that first duck dive my first duck dive all my brain told me to do was go in because mm. but I'm not used to that at all. And I'm sure you, you do get used to it. And if I, if life brought me there and I was living in Duluth, Minnesota for, you know, like for a job or whatever, I'd, I'd surf cause that's just, that's all I know. Um, but you know, I think it would take a, a while for me to, to actually get used to it. Mm, totally totally so the journey Um, or for it to feel normal and uh, i guess maybe it does for them um because they it just they just seemed in their element it seemed like another day of surfing and the or just exceptional swell and so they were on you know on top of the world they were they were on that riding that stoke pretty high epic epic so so after kicking off the the tour or i guess the um the production uh, up there out of Duluth um where was the next stop that you went to did you get back onto your um stream tour like what did you get yeah. back on track yeah so we came back and then we had five days uh before we left here and we drove up and um ended up yeah we went to Missoula Montana 
and then uh, down to yeah, Bend, Oregon, and and well, we stopped in Idaho as well on the way down. So we kind of had we hit three different locations, and um, yeah, I got to check out the scene. It was pretty cool, and just the the different. I don't know. It seemed like it was a cool mix of different styles of, of river waves because I guess Missoula is, you know, just all natural, but right in the heart of the town of Missoula. So it sort of felt like this urban surf scene. And then we went to Idaho, which was in the middle of nowhere and Mm. quite a larger wave. And you're just kind of in, yeah, in nature and, and yeah, kind of, just in a completely different world. And then we ended in Bend, which is a man-made river wave that's kind of, yeah, completely different from the first two. So it was a cool sort of buffet of different river waves to experience and and break down and get to geek out on on the different uh, reasons that those waves are, are doing what they're doing. Are they comparable, like between, like, you know, are all river waves comparable, either man-made or, or natural? Or, or are there definitely nuances, like, are there definitely nuances that um, maybe the naked eye can't really pick up until you experience it? Well, I mean, you're still, there is that element of you're riding water. So even though, yeah, it's the wave is in the same place and they all sort of, the dynamics of them is basically the same like the reason why they're breaking and and all that kind of stuff there are they do feel different and the amount of water that's flowing is different at each one so you know i guess idaho had a higher flow rate than anything else so that was like just challenging to get onto the wave because you're you're dealing with an entire rush of of a river you know you're not just riding the wave you're you're riding sort of the river so there's like yeah i mean it's, and there's flowing water that's changing so yeah sometimes there's maybe sections or you know certain things happen to where the wave like kind of gets in this there's like this dance to to each one that you you know can kind of i guess sort of anticipate i guess it's like reading a wave but it it's different instead of looking down the line you're sort of looking up river in a sense mm. <laughs> it's like you're you're riding that rush um mm. so like you can kind of see boils happening you can see little chops coming your way and things that maybe you can either do a maneuver on or things you want to avoid or you know um, idaho was really challenging because there was that like sort of there was a boil. you're basically riding like this this rock that had that was really deep behind it so if you if you were sort of high on the wave when it it sort of breathed or something you would get pushed out the back or even there's sort of like this vacuum that would suck you under for a second which was a little freaky um and then yeah i guess bend is was more of a machine because it's just it seemed like in more of a controlled environment like they uh, they literally had an iPad out there, like controlling what the wave would do, so they could make it be m- have more white water or less. And yeah, there was there was all kinds of fun they could have there. That was really interesting. So from wave to wave, it was really cool to kind of learn what was going on and and figure out how to you know 
I guess, get your best ride. Mm, super interesting. One of the one of the things I was going to pick up on as well with this type of um, stream surfing and these kind of stationary waves is um, I've I've been lucky enough to witness you know the Waimea River be opened up and and Hawaii and and you know you you get to see that kind of similar kind of stationary wave get formed there and um, one of the interesting things there is that everybody seems to there's a line. You know, it seems like there's a bit of social organization that takes place, like that doesn't happen in the surf. Um, yeah. You know, is there any dropping in? Is there any snaking? You know, like what what happens with that in your, like what did you notice on in your experience? Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was refreshing because yet, like you said, there's a line and there's order and mm. there's nobody and the wave's just there. I guess with with YMA, there's a little more urgency. And, and mm. if you're on a wave for too long, then that's, I've actually never, um, uh, surfed the YMA river wave. I've been there when it's breaking and I get there like either too early or after, mm. and I've never actually experienced, although I've really wanted to, you gotta be real patient really cool. or real lucky. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I guess with the, the waves I've experienced, they're just, they're there once the level, um, is, is right. Then, that wave's just there for however long till you know i guess the 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 water levels the cfs goes up or down but in bend they're able to control that so i think they're able to surf bend year round which is um insane Mm. but yeah there's no jockeying there's no like yeah there's hassling there's there's no weirdness it's just you're standing there it's pretty straightforward that there's guys you know in in line and it's his turn next the guy in front of you and yeah so on and so forth so i mean I, there's definitely like i mean locals and guys who are really good i guess there's i saw that there's like some respect like being shown by other people like oh yeah they just get to go to the front of the line if they want to but it it doesn't really matter like if one guy or two guys go ahead of you um you're, it doesn't feel like you're being burned and if someone jumps on the wave when you're on the wave you're just kind of like oh okay i've been on for a while then i'll just let me get out of here <laughs> yeah so is that where the um it's about maybe length of ride that might be the the moment where um where there can be kind of that interaction like okay move along you've had enough yeah well i think if you're it's something else too like if you're trying like if you're trying to do maneuvers and you're like ripping the wave and you just keep ripping and you get a crazy long ride, no one's going to be like, Oh, get out of here. Cause mm. you know, like if I think it's more, if you're just standing on the wave and yeah. you're just trying to like stay on the wave, that's sort of like, okay, like you've been on the wave for like five, five minutes now. I think you're, you've had enough. Yeah. <laughs> like let's, let's move this along. Like either try something like, you know, piss or get off, or shit or get off the pot, you know? <laughs> so that's kind of, yeah, that it seems like etiquette is, is just sort of, um, yeah, obviously wait in line and then, um, just push it until, um, you fall or, you know, maybe you just kind of, you have a sense of, of how long you want to be on there. You can, I mean, you get really tired as well. So waiting mm. in line was even nice. Mm. You know, you, if you got a long ride, then you're stoked. You're like, well, 
perfect. I couldn't go right back onto the wave anyways, because I'm tired. Mm. Um, but I'd say, uh, yeah, maybe Germany had the, the most vibe, Oh, but it was good. Um, okay. It was, it was sort of it, good for the crowd. It kind of kept everyone in line. And I mean, there are consequences of, of surfing these waves, even though the wave isn't necessarily big, you're, it, it's sort of irrelevant because you're dealing with the, the rush of the water. And then mm. in Munich itself, there's these like bricks under oh, okay. the water that you can hit your head on. You can hit your body on. They, they're bricks. They hurt. Mm. So if you go down um, and you hit one of those and you get knocked out, then you're getting sucked down the river and everyone has to go like pull you out. So they try to keep it like, hey, you know, if you're if you know what you're doing, that's cool. Um, and they're they are welcoming of people like trying to learn and figure it out. But it's sort of yeah, I mean, there is a risk there. And then it's sort of there duty to make sure everyone gets pulled out you know makes it out of there because then they'll they don't want the wave to be shut down mm -hmm. so there's like that you know there's a level of respect that you should have for it um and there are other waves that are easier to surf that are i think just down from there there's like a beginner wave that they kind of tell people like hey if you're just if you're struggling maybe go down there first get the feel and then come back like okay. not not in like a i guess you know maybe it seems a little dick at the time but i it's from a place of like you know just respect for everyone else who's surfing the wave because if you're if someone goes down then it's it's sort of on them yeah yeah totally you know but it's quite then, interesting it's quite interesting this um this kind of um part about you know uh, I was thinking as you were talking about the the lining up and the kind of civility that takes place on these waves because we all know what it's like in the surf I mean nobody's perfect on this question you know like people take more than they should at different times I'm guilty of it I'm sure you've done it before as well when you you get greedy or whatever and, and it and it happens in <laughs> surfing you know it's pretty natural yeah um but it, it is this interesting civilizing force when there's a line on the, on land. We seem to behave a bit better on land, and it's almost like you did a series about weird waves, but one of the most maybe interesting things I can see is that the only thing that wasn't weird about it was that humans acted more normal. <laughs> you know, the, the, the humans acted yeah. less weird Yeah. in this circumstance. Sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there was, I don't know, it kind of, I guess I keep saying it, it reminds of how maybe surfing was in the seventies, how, you know, there was like this level of respect and, and it's, yeah, everyone was looking out for each other and not that, you know, it's just different now. I think there's a lot more surfers so that dynamics change. And then that sense of urgency that you feel in the, in the water, you know, it's, it's sort of like the wild west because you, the waves aren't going to be the same in an hour or you know mm. a couple hours so you're you sort of have that like i gotta get it while i can mm. like vibe and some of the rules go out the window and there's so many people now it just yeah it's it's it can be tough um in, in crowded surf so that was cool just connecting yeah i guess that connection of of land and you're waiting on land in majority of the river waves like you're just kind of 
waiting there. So you have that, there's an element that the ocean doesn't have. Um, you know, you're sort of connected to a scene, like you're back, like, okay, yeah, this is normal life. And okay, here we go. I'm going to jump onto this wave and start surfing. And now I'm done again. And I'm mm. back and I'm just hanging out, talking to people. Um, so it's, yeah, it is. It's just really cool. I was, I, I love it. I love the scene. It feels like, I don't know, it just feels like the right place to be, I guess, when you're there. You're like, ah, this is, I can just do this all day. I can, I can go surf and I can just be here chilling with my friends talking. And it's, yeah, it's sort of like mini ramp, uh, like a mini ramp. I was about to say that. Surfing. I was about to say that. It sounds like you're just hanging at a skate park and some, yeah. you know, and you're just having a chat on the side there. Yeah, that's exactly what it's like so it's mm. it's cool i've never uh, i don't know i've skated you know uh, well m more so when i was younger and i still skate today but um not as much or to the level that i'd like to so it's like <laughs> yeah it sort of feels like yeah okay cool this is what it would feel like to rip on a mini ramp <laughs> interesting interesting um you, you did with weird waves you did also venture to surfing another type of weird wave, which was these kind of tidal bores, um, yeah. and that and and where exactly did you do that? Did you you came to the UK for that, right? Yeah, we went to the Severn River. Um, we stayed in Gloucester, and yeah, that was my first um, tidal bore experience. So it was probably completely opposite of what a standing river wave is, because mm. this wave breaks and goes for you know up to nine miles potentially depending on how it the tide comes in and what the banks are like and there's all kinds of factors but it was cool you know before i surfed it we well we linked up with steve king who holds the record for longest ride on the severn bore oh wow and it, I just kind of picked his brain before we jumped in the in the water and that was the interview that's in the yeah you know the fourth episode of weird waves and the way he spoke about it was so just charming you know you could tell he had this deep love for that wave and that's that's really all those guys um surf that's what they live for is surfing mm. the bore so it was cool to tap into a scene like that and it was just really heartwarming to go to somewhere you know that's you know, away from the coast and there's just this core group of guys. So we kept, I don't know, it, it was just a, every trip was so interesting in that way of, of just the people who frequent these waves and connecting with them and, and them being kind enough to, to let us into their world and understand it. And I guess, you know, sort of compare it to surfing or mm. in the ocean, you know, um, that was kind of, I guess like a cool way for us to yeah like break down what was happening it was like well you know ocean surfing's like this and this surfing is you know and it's all surfing but it, I guess it's different forms of that so we're I was having a blast just understanding like learning these new about these new waves experiencing them connecting with people um you know Steve King and and you know all his friend his buddy nathan and everyone else who surfs around there they were just um just gentlemen 
you know, they're <laughs> just poor, just poor riders. You sound you sound a bit surprised that they could be gentlemen. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, with that type of surfing on the on the bore itself, um, sharing seems to be more kind of normal there. Um, if you were to compare it to surfing on the kind of stationary river, um, that's kind of interesting, right? Like because party waves are like basically the norm because of the nature of that wave, yeah? Exactly, yeah. It's one wave a day or one – it depends on where the tides fall in the day. Sometimes you can get two waves <laughs> in a day. That's um, nuts. But, yeah, that's, that's it. So you, uh, if, if you're out there and you're wanting to ride it, you kind of – and there's other people there wanting to ride the same wave. You, that's that's everyone just stands up on the only opportunity that comes in. Um, but what's rad about it is that you get to you're for a going. I think I rode one for two and a half miles. I think that was my like longest ride, and it felt like an eternity. And you're just sitting there. You're almost like you're having a you can talk to people who are on the way <laughs> you're able to like look around like sightsee it's not like there's many places there are a few places where you could actually do some maneuvers and whatever but there's you know you don't want to ruin anybody else's experience um on the wave so you know i guess me being a shortboarder i was trying to see if there was sections that you could try to do maneuvers on because that's just the way my brain is trained and um i don't know and then i was i wanted to experience it the way that they usually do it which is just riding distance so it was cool to try to you know dabble in both and and get the whole experience and see you know it's a it was like the best way of sightseeing i've ever experienced Hmm. you know you're just seeing the English countryside while standing on a surfboard. <laughs> <laughs> crazy, crazy. Yeah. Um, maybe this is a stupid question, but I have to ask it anyway. Um, how do you, could you pick one over the other? Like, is was was one of these experiences the best experience of all of the weird waves that you went to? Is there a singular one that you can point to and go, yeah, like that was the best? Um. I mean, there. Each of them, you know, was obviously really special and and trips that I'll remember for the rest of my life. But I just I really liked the UK one just because it was so different and the way that they looked at surfing, like they were all about distance, hmm. and that's something I've never even thought of before. And I guess the Standing River waves to Great Lakes, it's all relatively this. You know, you're just trying to you're surfing these waves and and you know, I guess what you're doing actually to the act of surfing that you're there for is, is comparable and relatable to, to the ocean where I don't know anybody in the ocean who's going for distance. You know, I've never <laughs> yeah. heard that before. And I was like, wow, that's so badass that these guys are, you know, that's what they're, that's how they're getting their kicks is they're going for distance. So they're standing on a wave and they're like, I had a smoker today. I went five miles. <laughs> And it was just like, it was charming to experience that and to see, you know, to sort of see that in a, in a culture of surfing that that's, you know, that's, they were looking at surfing in a different light. And I was, I was just 
back in that. I was like, oh, that's that's a cool experience that I've never had before. That sounds pretty cool. It sounds like uh, I've I've never done that myself, so I think I'm going to have to put it on the bucket list myself now after hearing that description. So, um, <laughs> so look, the the series is the series completely wrapped up now, or is there is there more weirdness to come? Yeah. Um, so season one is done. Um, so that that's in the books, and we're planning a second season. I actually, just got back from a trip um that for stab that is sort of like it's going to be a one-off um we're still figuring out what it is and mm-hmm. i guess they don't really want to say where we went just sure. yet so i so sorry for being that lame guy no 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 no. that's cool trip, that's yeah, cool that's cool i can't tell you about it <laughs> that's cool that's like getting back to the <laughs> original just secret spots and all that i get it well, we all get it's it not even that it's a secret <laughs> spot it's just that um i don't know they they want it to be a surprise when it comes out which is cool i think there's you know with social media and everything now everyone knows everything so it's mm. cool to try to keep some things a secret i guess i mean i i respected it of course it wasn't my call to do it um but it was yeah it's like i think it's i think it's cool so anyways we have one trip in the bag and we're getting ready to do to film an entire um second season so that'll be releasing again um the same time in january 2020 yeah are there any are there any hints you can give us as to what what you're looking at? Are you trying to get weirder than before, or is it all about like taking the looking for similar waves in different countries? Like how much how much weirder can this get? I think we're just trying to get as weird as possible. We're just okay. trying to push the limits of what weird <laughs> is and means to us. So um, I don't know. It's cool that we. You know, it was the first season was received well, and and Vance was happy. So thank you all who watched it and you know wrote in to us. Um, oh, are you there? Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. Did I break up for a second? No, you're actually pretty good. I, I was just I was being quiet. Like, no, you were good. But oh, hey, why don't okay, you start sorry. that again? I, start that line again, and I'll just edit it out. Okay. Yeah. So um, they. I had another call, so I didn't know if oh, that's it, like, cool. stopped it. But <laughs> anyways, cool. yeah, so for season two, we're definitely trying to get weirder than than before. And, and now, you know, just with the success of season one, um, you know, Vans was, was really pleased, which is good for us because that means we get to have another crack at it and hopefully, you know, just explore or what other – what i'm excited about i feel like that was uh something that was really powerful in season one was was just the different cultures and and shining the a light on on these different cultures of surfing because surfing's so big now and it's so many different things to so many different people that you know i think we're fired up to see what's out there you know that's that's our goal is is how weird can we get? What can we get away with, you know, and still call surfing? Like, what is, what are the borders of, of surfing? You know, what, where does it stop? I guess that's, that's my goal with the show. And that's, um, you know, what we're trying to do for season two. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited. 
Well, that sounds really cool, and I think it's a tremendous way to um, to wrap up this this conversation. And um, I've got to say, it's um, it was a real pleasure to watch um, watch the series. It's just really cool to see um, that you know it, often we put on a pedestal these waves, these really classic waves that we all want to go and surf and we dream of. But um, at the end of the day, you know, people can just be as stoked, you know going in a straight line for five miles and yeah that's that's pretty rad too so no thanks thank you for doing um for getting out there and sharing these stories with all of us i think um for many people who live in the nordics as well they can definitely relate a lot to some of the experiences that you had in the colder climates and with those shorter period swells too so i think it's always nice to um you know, see see one of you 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 folks from the warmer climates um, suffer in the cold, and then we can all kind of feel better <laughs> ourselves too. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it, um, right on. Yeah. Well, look, thanks a lot for joining me for the podcast. I'll um I'll I'll hit stop recording a second on this, and then I'll say a proper goodbye to you. But um yeah, Dylan Graves, thanks a lot for dropping by, and um everyone who's listening, I'm sure that they're on the edge of their seats for um season two. Right on. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was a fun chat. So there you go, a chat about waves, weird and wonderful with Dylan Graves. Huge shout out to him for taking the time to jump on the podcast. Really appreciate it. And I, for one, cannot wait to see what he does next. I think he's had a big response to the series. And if you haven't seen it yet, jump on the interwebs and check it out. Weird waves. Uh, You will not regret it. It's a lot of fun. Bit of housekeeping, huge thank you to the sponsor of this podcast, uh, Kona Brewing. They are getting involved with surfing in the Nordics, amongst other things, and we can't thank them enough for their support. So thank you, Kona Brewing, for your support of the podcast. The latest issue of the Nordic Surfers magazine is out now, number 29, 116 pages of Nordic goodness got a few words there from freddie meadows he likes to write stuff and it's only the beginning for this guy i know he's got some other stuff written down somewhere um, we have a little homage to seamus fox and the crew at surfshop.no really cool bunch of cool photos also we have a profile piece that i wrote about heath Josky um, as the reluctant activist and that's all about the big oil don't surf campaign in the nordics pretty important issue and we'd love to hear what you think about the magazine in general too so if you don't have it yet you can get online and buy it and we can ship it out to you Um, or you can find it in a number of cool surf shops around the nordics and otherwise go and check it out let us know what you think and thank you again for listening that's all for now